Hello and welcome to the Real Terrain Podcast, where today it is Dayton's birthday. The sun is shining, but the ice is slippery. Hell yeah. That means we're agents. Of the shadow. Uh, <laughs> who? Anyway, it doesn't exist. That anyway, never happened. It's, uh, yeah, Dayton's request was the 1994 uh, Pulp superhero movie the shadow yeah pulp hero well we can just say proto superhero the shadow in the early 90s when these movies were just ripe well at least there was i can't remember when the phantom came out but definitely like the rocketeer was 91 or 92 and then this yeah came out. where it's just like it kind of feels like it's trying to pick up that batman mantle yeah like the 89 batman mantle yeah it was of like yeah, we were talking about this the other day, and I was just like, I wondered if because, like, you look at when, like, Batman 89 came out, and then Batman the Animated Series came out, and that has a very pulp art deco, and the show itself called it Dark Deco Vibe, if that's what uh, a lot of these CEOs and executives at movie studios were looking at, were like, hey, fucking, these characters are on the cheap, and they're in that fucking same artistic vein. Let's let's see what we can do. And the shadow feels to me one of the reasons that I love it, and I will be right up front straight. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, one of the reasons that I love it, I think, is because it feels so much like it's a live action episode of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I mean, he looks just like the fucking Grey Ghost. Well, or well, you could say that the Grey Ghost looks just like the Shadow. Yeah, well, exactly. And he inspired a lot of stuff. He inspired mm-hmm. Batman for Christ's sakes. Yeah, uh, yeah or pretty part much of that. ripped off Case of the Chemical Syndicate is pretty much a riffing right off of a Shadow story. And, um, yeah. Darkwing Duck owes a lot to the Shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his look. And, uh, and actually, yeah. And when I saw that, that was in Wikipedia. It was like, you know, inspirations and like, you know. And it was like Darkwing Duck, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess, huh?" Yeah, you, you don't really think about it <laughs> until you actually like look at the shadow. It's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, because he does have a very distinct uh, style all his mm-hmm. own, which I think is uh, to the movie's credit. Yeah, um, they get down fucking right on. And and yeah, it, it does have a lot of the things that uh, if you listen a long time you know that we're big suckers for which is like set design and, and it's great like, set the world design. building yeah yeah that oh we're a sucker for a good set oh i love a great matte painting you give me a just yeah. good just decent matte painting and i'm just right on board but uh yeah I, this is my first time watching it again for a very very long time Mm-hmm. But uh, I do remember. I remember thinking it was weird in terms <laughs> of superhero movies. It is it's weird in terms weird. of superhero movies because he's not. The character isn't like a lot of superheroes. In a lot of li- in a lot of ways, and that's because, of course, like a lot of the ideas that come from the shadow get refined into something like Batman, and then from Batman into other characters, and so on and so forth. But. Yeah, when you actually like try to apply what the shadow is into a film format, I think they did the best that you could do. But yeah, even still, it's a hard 
It's a cool character to pin down, but a hard character to pin down. Well, yeah, because it's just like where you start, <laughs> where like our introduction to Lamont. Uh, <laughs> well, that then... yeah, like so. I guess that we could start there. For example, is like uh, Alec Baldwin plays Lamont Cranston, who is the shadow uh, in this film, and so the movie has to create its own origin because the so the the shadow was created in 1931 started out as a pulp uh novel character uh as assigned to uh walter b gibson by street and smith because fucking there was this radio show where there was this host called the shadow and people were asking hey where's that novel with a shadow character so they're like all right well make one up so walter b gibson did and so there's the pulp shadow and the pulp shadow was so popular that he became a radio character where they had to change a lot of things for that format think about how superman learned got the ability to fly because he turned into a cartoon yeah that's uh always my like a little tidbit he couldn't fly before he just jumped real good yeah so think about it in that <laughs> example they had to change things per the medium and that was when in the radio orson wells was voicing him and in the radio show that's where he gets his superpowers and the telepathy and the he can become invisible and cloud men's minds and so on yeah that's uh like his main thing is like and and the movie it's interesting because i didn't know if it was just like oh well is he just invisible because he just mind tricks people into not being there that's what i like got. that or but like other shots it seems like he's very much in the shadows and he steps in and out of the shadow as if he is a shadow person mm -hmm. you know like when he gets pinned to the wall mm -hmm. yeah i do love that shot and then he has, he phases back into like visibility I, I just always assume that it's just going off of what it's working off of what looks the coolest for the moment. Like they don't yeah. really haven't internalized it. Cause I always just got the idea of like, he's just like he says, clouding their minds. So he's becoming invisible to them. And then when he's just like doing a lot of stuff that requires a lot of action, like when he's fighting Duke on the bridge, for example, we get those shots of him that he's like slightly visible. Yeah, that's how I always took it. But then again, it's it's up for debate, really, or just up for like roll with it, you know? Yeah, it. That's one of the things though about it, or it's just like to me, it's just like, well, I don't really know. Like, I don't feel like I spent enough to really get his deal, because mm -hmm. like when we start out, like the guy's just in a fucking opium den with massive long fingernails and is yeah. apparently a drug kingpin. Yeah, he's a drug kingpin who runs all of the opium trade throughout uh, Asia, which, again, unique to the movie. He didn't do that in the radio or the pulp. Um, so, it's, and so it's giving fucking the shadow this arc of uh, he's an evil person. You know, he has his own, like, wicked heart so to speak and yeah he's a, just a big asshole at this point because he mentions that uh after world war one he like i guess just went missing and then found himself fucking becoming a fucking warlord and a drug kingpin in war-torn china 
As you do. As you do. And I kind of <laughs> I kind of like that idea though, where like he just he's such a fucking evil prick. He just decided to like not go back to the United States and just become this fucking murderous warlord out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, and it's just the to me an interesting thing is just like the movie doesn't like it just kind of drops it it feels yeah. like or it's just like it introduces it and like you know because he gets like the holy man we're kind of we're just diving into the movie <laughs> but yeah yeah like because our first thing is that we see that he captures or like lopan from big trouble in little china gets fucking uh captured and then he you know because we <laughs> yeah, really... you threw me out yeah okay yeah now i got you yeah we're driving through the you opium know. fields yeah, and Lopan. Yeah, David Lopan. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, hey, it's David, uh, it's David Lopan. Yeah. I know you. And uh, he, I guess, must have done something. But, yeah, we get so, Alec Baldwin in his, in his like, full-on, like, goth fucking warlord yeah. phase. He's, like, fucking... long wig, long nails. He's feeding fucking raw meat to a dog. He's got, like, a harem of women on one side, and then I guess fucking guys in tuxedos and mustache fucking uh, uh, pencil mustaches uh, smoking on the other <laughs> just, side. You can tell it's like, a place we... of ill repute. Yeah, well, it's not as, as much of a wretched hive of scum and villainy as New York City, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, he he is in, like, Jabba the Hutt's palace <laughs> as really Jabba. Is. He is. He's, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. He's got a full Wookiee on his chest. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's well, part uh, werewolf. He is Yin Ko, <laughs> fucking the butcher of Lhasa. And fucking, so they bring uh, David Lopan in, and I guess uh, Lou, I, I believe his name is, uh, says to David Lopan, you and your brothers murdered three of our men. And uh, I guess it's over a poppy field dispute, like David Lopan and his brothers are trying to have just their tiny fields of poppies and fucking you know can't have any pop no free poppy yeah. fields when yinko is around and yeah you gotta watch out for jinko he's got like <laughs> yeah. real baggy legged jeans and he is not afraid to use them yeah and yes he but uh lopan breaks out of the of the hold and like kill like kills another dude yeah like an advisor guy mm -hmm. yeah and then holds lou hostage <laughs> and Yinko is uh, like, oh, that guy, he's just like a brother to me. He's taught me everything I know. Just shoot through him. Shoot through him, and then they do. And, uh, you know, they die. And then uh, Yinko says something in uh, Mandarin, and everybody laughs. And they yawns. And they're like, I'm going to go to bed. And then that night as he's sleeping, he gets these visions of uh, who we'll find out is the Tulku. And I guess having just these nightmares, and then he wakes up, gets up, and looks around. The window's open, and then somebody fucking whacks him right in the face. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we're taking you to the temple. You got to see the uh, this guy. We got we got a legend of the hidden temple. <laughs> yeah, like, we we got to give you a blue barracuda. <laughs> yeah, here's your shirt. You got to cross this moat. That's part of your training. <laughs> you know, now you got to do the steps of knowledge. <laughs> Be aware of the temple guards that inhabit the trees. Oh, man. And, uh, 
<laughs> go to a fucking yurt and he's like is this is that it <laughs> that's not a temple that's a yurt <laughs> they're like no dummy look beyond the yurt <laughs> and it's like it's like fog but i can see the fucking stairs so i'm like is he just stupid like yeah, right I, guess he, the... I guess he is just stupid so come on like, Lamont, well, he's just look beyond the doing... fog all this opium and he can't even fucking <laughs> trim his fingernails he's anymore he's got fucking opium. He's, and he like dyed him black too he's got <laughs> yeah. like fucking mandarin fingernails he's got all salad fingers on and he's it. got yellow he's... teeth and he's just li- fucking he ain't right right now he's out there living his worst life as a drug <laughs> kingpin in that terrible tommy Wiseau wig <laughs> 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 you call that a temple? Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. And, like, also, they kidnapped him in his resplendent, baggy fucking <laughs> MC Hammer shorts. In his fucking, this, like, just beautiful lion mane, black lion mane fucking coat thing. It's great. Yeah. And, and just, like, baggy hammer pants that are, like, bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the best that all opium kingpins can wear. Yeah. And, you know, still just open chested, like covered, because he, he can survive the It's north. cold in like bed. <laughs> he looks like he's part fucking Yeti with that <laughs> chest hair. Uh. Oh, my God. So and it's like, oh, no, you can't see through the fog. It's uh, unless you know it's there. So look, look hard, and then the temple of the Tolku, which we see, which has a fucking badass cobra-headed uh, entrance, looks really wicked, uh, appears, and he was like, what? holy shit, when did that get there? And he was like, it was always there, stupid. We just, just fog. It's how weather works. <laughs> Fog's in the mind, man. Yeah. So they go in there, and they meet... Uh, a clearly dubbed over man mm-hmm. is yeah, the wise teacher real, that is the Tolku. Who looks like he is all of sixteen. Yeah, like it's the golden child showed up to. Yeah, yeah and he speaks in like a really deep uh, voice that just does not match. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's like, "I'm I'm here to redeem you and give you psychic powers." Yeah. Or exploit your psychic powers if you have them right now. Anyway, and then well, I'll I'll redeem you, and that way you can fucking destroy evil wherever it goes, which is wherever you go. Because you are evil, so you know how evil works. So if I take the evil out <laughs> of you, or and at least like you, like not really take it out of you, but like aim it at evil, so you don't like hurt good people like Dexter. you're the lesser of two evils just uh, just take my psychic training course and lamont is well he doesn't we don't know his name is lamont he knows his name is everybody <laughs> else he's just like i know how to do this lamont cranston he's like you know my real name as if that means anything we just got here well he's been called the inco throughout this whole like few minute bit Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, so far, we just have to roll with it. Yeah. And so he's like, well, you know, you can do that in hell. And he grabs the nearest dagger. <laughs> I, 
I wouldn't do that. And, you know. <laughs> no, don't touch that. That's the that's last the thing you want to touch. Yeah, that's a living dagger, and the uh, perba has a face, and it's not a nice one. And then it fucking uh, what it is it? It flies around and it stabs him in the fucking leg. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Dalek Baldwin just screaming and screaming. <laughs> he is on like, oh, my leg. Oh god, my hammer pants. <laughs> my god, I gotta hurt so much. <laughs> oh, never get the deposit back on these. <laughs> oh, 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 why? And this is his training to become the greatest crime fighter in New York City. And uh, so then he grabs the dagger and then he's like, "Aha! I control you now." And the dagger bites him in the hand. Yeah. And then, and then it's like bleeding everywhere. <laughs> like, oh, oh, why? <laughs> I was living my worst life. I wasn't hurting nobody except all the people I was hurting. <laughs> except for the people that uh, very clearly probably deserved it. <laughs> it was up to my discretion. <laughs> <laughs> I had it all. I had a dog. I had raw meat. <laughs> I had a harem. <laughs> I had a bed that I shared with multiple random women. Why? Why, Tulpa, why? And <laughs> <laughs> <I had> rum. <rubbed. laughs> You know, he was out there living his dream. He had he laughing really ladies. He really was. He, had, he had the rug pulled out from under him. Yeah, he had he had just random dudes passed out from opium in the middle of his <laughs> den. What else could you ever want? Those are his bros, man. <laughs> yeah, that's all I ever ascribed to be. Passed out in an opium den. Surrounded by a harem, just feeding, feeding leftovers to a bloodhound. Yeah, and uh, he's like, oh, <laughs> come back. I start your training. And then the movie is just like, and he completes his training. And then he goes to the biggest hive of scum and villainy. And it's like, wow, that was <laughs> awkward. Uh, well, so what happens is is that uh, basically the Puma <laughs> goes back into the Tolku's hand. And then uh, uh, fucking uh, Lamont says, oh, am I in hell? And uh, Tolku says, <laughs> not yet. And uh, then it just cuts to black. And then we get uh, this little ditty. <clears throat> uh, the price of redemption for Cranston was to take up man's struggle against evil. But Tolku taught him to cloud men's minds to fog their vision through force of concentration, leaving visible the only thing he can never hide, his shadow. Thus armed, Cranston returned to his homeland, that most wretched high layer of villainy we know as... Mos Eisley. <laughs> I was going to say New Jersey. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh man, yeah, that would have been cool to see all that, but yeah, I, guess you guys don't, I guess you guys don't have time to do any of that. No, that was really the biggest part of it. Just stab him both his legs until he agrees. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's okay. And uh, and then the movie's just like, no, it's it's cool that he killed Lopan. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. He's a massive drug pingpin. He uh, likely slaughtered a small village. It's fine. He's a good guy now. Well, yeah, that's the... that's the. I do like that, honestly. I just, it w does need to be fleshed out better where, like, he has this... Uh that struggle where 
he has he's evil but trying to actually be good and like use that kind of it's like a punisher deal where you root yeah. for the punisher where like he's not like this is more like a polished batman version of the shadow keep in mind so like we just need i just needed more of that because it just feels kind of random and out of place and i honestly feel like you could have started the movie here at mm -hmm. the bridge oh yeah and probably just gone like the same but way. how as would cool you have as... gotten to see fucking Alec Baldwin get stabbed in the leg you never get to watch you never get to see that all the time you, you, yeah it's not often arm maybe but never leg <laughs> yeah never leg by a living I, yeah, dagger you... come on i mean that's true also <laughs> i did get to see that he has like you know a whole fucking you know, chest hair, like resplendent chest hair. Oh, yeah. Really. And just magical fucking genie pants. <laughs> I need a set. How uh, would you want to? Why would you want to miss that? Yeah, for my personal, uh, you know, life, I, I just need to, to start off right with my drunk king pinging with uh, baggy sweatpants that are that look like I could also use them at a dance recital. Uh-huh. Well, they're multi-purpose, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, this I don't know. It just I was like this text is really it seems like you're either missing a scene mm -hmm. and you just like, oh fuck, that how is do a, we That is a good point though, now that you bring it up where you could just go like open with the like cut to black and then the the text and then we could we don't even need the 7 years later cuz that would just be mysterious 7 years later from what? when I came into the theater. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, oh, wow. Seven years have passed since this one disjointed scene that we had just now. Well, since he started training with the talker, you know. Yeah, but, like, I think it could have been better if he just had it for his weird dream sequences, of which there are many. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, though. I do agree. I well, that's kind of like just... the... That's the power of hindsight, though, because I think, like... If you think how, like, in terms of, like, Batman Begins put so much of that, how to tell an origin story in perspective. Because you're right, that is so much of a better way to do it. But I think most people back in the 90s were just thinking, oh, we tell it in big fucking chunks. Like, I think that, honestly, even with the stuff that you have, you could probably recut this movie and have it be a little bit better. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's that's kind of my thing, is a lot of it just feels like uh, script issues is my biggest problem with this, and pacing and stuff like that, where a lot mm -hmm. of things just kind of like, like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> was what was happening a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, uh, when we get to New York, though, I love how they've set, what, 1941? It's supposed to be the 30s. So there's a war department. Yeah, that's yeah. It was the war department for a long time. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, so you know, that 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 era though. Mm -hmm. They've they've nailed like the nicer side of the 1930s New York, not the like depression side. Well, the pulpy side. That yeah. that side that's supposed to that only exists in fiction. You know, which again is part of the reason why 
again, I like it because it's something that, like, if you watch something like episodes of Batman, the animated series, that's the style that they went for. And I think that's almost like what Russell Mul Mulcahy, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, the Highlander oh, director. Highlander director. Done a bunch of stuff. It's like pretty good but stuff. Uh, no, I'm for Highlander. Yeah. Uh, almost, you. I almost get the feeling that's what they were looking towards in certain respects of like, ah, that's how you bring this kind of thing to life, you know? Because when we see shots of the shadow, his shadow, it feels so much like, oh, that's almost like an animated Batman thing because it's animated. Yeah. You notice that the well, shadow's always a fucking by an open door or an open window and a draft is going heavy. <laughs> it's like always like fluttering. Yeah. But uh meanwhile on the like the uh most dead bridge in all of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's at that time of night where crime happens. You know. Where it's like, you know, all those bridges that they have that don't get any traffic in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh outside one of the like a car stops with the i love all the cars in this because they oh, all have yeah. like suicide doors they do yeah <laughs> and, they're great it's like oh man well just um, the, and it's so so much of it is so just archetype archetypical stuff and i all I, I love that kind of it's gonna sound probably like it's knocking it, but like that basic level of it, you know, where like we get these mobsters and they look so much just like mobsters, like almost just straight out of a comic book. Mm hmm. Yeah. The, the look and like costume and set design of this movie are great. Mm hmm. Like that's, they've nailed a lot of that. And even a lot of the effects too, you yeah. know, uh, work out pretty well. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them the are time. still. Yeah, and a lot of them are still solid, and a lot of the acting is really good. Like I said, I, I, I don't know if I said it on here, but I really like Alec Baldwin as the Shadow. Like, as we're about to get into, one of the key aspects of the Shadow is the laugh, and I, he mm -hmm. nails the laugh. Yeah, well, that's what we hear. So the bridge gangsters uh, have a guy in cement shoes, which I always thought was, like, euphemistic. I didn't think they actually... Oh, no, they actually did that. Yeah, mm. that was the thing. Uh, but yes, the, this is Dr. Roy Tam, uh, played by uh, <clears throat> uh, Seb Shino, Shimono, I think. We last saw him uh, fighting the Ninja Turtles in feudal Japan. Yep. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, man. And he gets all Don Kinged in the bell. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yep. A little tidbit, a little connective tissue to another fucking real rank classic. And, uh, yeah, so they are like, well, you shouldn't have looked down this alley. And he's like, I won't talk to anybody. And he's like, we're going to make sure of that. Chuck him, boys. Yeah. Water will make sure you don't talk. Can't talk underwater. <clears throat> Isn't that right, boss? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they hear the uh, laughter of the shadow. <laughs> it's a bit more, a bit better than that, but yeah. <laughs> it, it's, Duke, you're going to <laughs> confess to your crimes and not, not assault this Asian man. <laughs> yeah, you killed a policeman, Duke. Which I guess is the crime that uh, Roy Tam saw them commit. 
Yep, he's like, you're gonna go and confess, and he's not as much. I'm making him sound like a fucking ghost. <laughs> yeah, ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the spooky shadow. I got stabbed in the leg. Ooh, it never healed. I am the limp. <laughs> you just stand right there. I'm gonna come after you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we get we get a fight. You know, well, Duke actually just unloads everywhere. Like, yeah, he even into his own fucking down. car. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> yeah. kills the bridge with machine gun fire. And, uh, like, I think you got him, boss. Yeah, he's like, you damn right I did. And then he stops, then invisible punch. And then he's like, damn it. And then he gets invisible punch some more. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, then the... the He's like, I guess he says he's gonna go confess, like to the police station right away, and mm-hmm. you know, the shadow will know if he did it or not. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course he will, because another we'll get into it, but he he probably would know. Uh, yeah, because he and this is one of the like, I I wish that they were able to had more money to pull off some effect, effects because at one point the shadow throws Duke into like the car like through the window and I'm like how the fuck did he pull that off like that's such a weird like the you know what I mean like the placement mm-hmm. of how the physics of it just don't work in my head it just looks it just looks like he was attached to something and then flung you know like yeah. you'd have to be like 12 feet tall <laughs> for that to work but it's small things uh, like that, you know. But just then, a taxi rat. Well, first the shadow shoots off the cement shoes mm-hmm. with his guns because well, he has badass nickel-plated fucking yeah. dual pistols, as per as per tradition. But right before that, we get the glorious uh, hero shot where the the you know we get the silhouette of his shadow off the side, and the other two monsters who didn't get the shit kicked out of them see him. We get the the shadow in his full costume and he looks great like we said absolutely nailed uh a perfect black pants black dress suit mm-hmm. um pea like r- a, a coat pea coat yeah like a cape yeah he has a cape like a cape and uh not a cowl but a slouch hat like in the red uh not bandana but scarf it's a scarf and yeah. uh yeah he also i think the impression that I got was that because he can cloud men's minds, he makes it so that he doesn't look like himself, and he looks yeah, he like a giga chat. Yeah, he alters appearance. He alters <laughs> his appearance so that he looks like how the pulp shadow looked without the. I thought that's actually a cool idea. Yeah, no, I, I did as well. It's just like, like you're you're right though, because when he actually has all the stuff off, it, you can he almost looks like he belongs in Dick Tracy. You know, yeah, or like Botox went ter- terribly wrong on this guy. Yeah, well, he just has a real like shovel face. Yeah, is, exactly. It's just exaggerated <clears throat> chin, like just bigger features. But you know, I, that was the impression I got anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, is that he, you know, kind of exudes an aura? Like I said, it's very nebulous and ill-defined. That's well. Uh, I was just I always got the impression so take my word as gospel or not i don't it doesn't matter but like because he again cloud men's minds he can like manipulate how people see perception and so unlike him being invisible he just altered his appearance how they saw him sort of thing 
And then when his concentration was broken, that's when he like his dissipates. Yeah. Um but yeah, a taxi arrives, then it's his it's his personal taxi driver cuz yeah. one of the things that the shadow has uh reminds me of the Baker Street Irregulars or like <laughs> All of the Sherlock, the network of, of people, the eyes and ears throughout town. Mm-hmm. A series of tubes and a man that routes those tubes and <laughs> makes invisible messages. They actually put Burbank in here, yeah. All, and I all it was of in the, New York. No, that the guy's name's Burbank, and like all of the people that they pretty much mention, if pretty much anybody, if they have a name or mentioned by name, there's somebody from the Pulps or radio show, and. Uh, like, oh, sorry, Mo is one of the few who's actually, like, was in the Pulps, is in the radio show, and I, so made the transition into the movie, uh, which is very cool. Uh, but, yeah, the Shadow is, like, this whole network of agents, and each buddy, everybody's, like, all specialized. That's one of the things that's really cool about him, where if you think about Batman, usually very solo or have a smaller network of people. The Shadow's whole gig is... Almost like a, a reverse good version of a crime family, if you can think about it that way. Yeah, and everybody gets their own signet ring. Mm. <clears throat> it's it's their own fucking mood ring that lights up when there's danger. Yeah, so that they can tell the shadow, hey, go sit in front of a little TV thing. Yeah, and, and write invisible messages. And they have a call and response uh that they get so that they know when agents are talking to one another. Mm-hmm. And that is that the sun is shining. But the ice is slippery. And that's how we know. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so they give the the professor of metallurgy who's only here to justify one thing. <laughs> well, like... uh, I also, well, too, he's from the pulp. I'm pretty sure he's actually from one of the Shiwan Khan uh pulps he's involved in one of the stories he's from the pulps yeah. as well so yeah no it's uh it actually does work out because it does establish the the network of of uh operatives and mm-hmm. like yeah it 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 works out pretty well and he does serve a purpose later on yeah uh, and although there is like a small thing and we'll get into it more when we meet her in a minute but like when you got Margot Lane involved, it's like, well, he almost don't need the whole network because she pretty much does everything. <laughs> anyway. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, drop him off. We're gonna go to the Cobalt Club because this is the only thing that Lamont Cranston does. Uh, as a as a person, he is a wealthy playboy that all he does is go to this one club to meet with his uncle, albeit late. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. His uh, uncle being the, the commissioner of police? Yeah, he's Commissioner uh, Wainwright Barth. I think, I'm pretty sure he's from the Pulps, too. Played by fucking Jonathan Winters. And uh, some people might not know, uh, Jonathan Winters was, for the time before Robin Williams, that generation's Robin Williams. And in fact, was one of Robin Williams' mentor in improv com- comedy. He's a brilliant, brilliant improv comic. And he, oh man, I almost wish he was in this more because he's he's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, and the Cobalt Club is also from the Shadow uh, Mythos, so it's very cool to see that. And looks fucking great. I just, I love it. All the waiters and waitresses wear blue. There you got like uh, lounge singing. It's great. Yep. 
yeah, you know, some people trade diamonds for the Neurali. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's going hockey. on in the background. There's a gong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that. Yeah, um, everyone's in a tux. Um, yeah, back in those times, and he's, uh, yeah, having the like. Oh, I don't know why you're always late. And you know you're gone for seven years doing God knows what. What was mm-hmm. it? Dealing opium? <laughs> yeah, you never told me you crashed your plane, and then you said, "Hey, fuck it, I'll be just gonna slaughter some people and deal drugs." That I got that right. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I one time my uh, I had a flat tire that I became the kingpin <laughs> of a small town of <laughs> a small gas station. Yeah, ruled it with an like, iron well, fist. Well, I could replace this tire, or yeah, I could have a mop. I had it all. Power. I had everything. I had a raw meat. <laughs> All my raw meat. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. He's also like, oh, another one came in saying that the shadow made him confess. I'm going to have to do something about this shadow. And then Lamont just fucking Jedi mind tricks Yeah, hey, I wrote that down exactly in in my notes. Yeah, he pretty much fucking <laughs> Jedi mind tricks. I'm like, there is no shadow. You will not yeah, fucking no appoint a task force. I won't fucking appoint a task force. <laughs> That's a, you're, and you're also going to pay for the steak. I am going to pay for the steak. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where uh, I think I don't know if I, I said it on the episode or before we started, but I was just like, what the fuck is Lamont's deal? Like, he, was he already wealthy before he decided to fuck off and become a kingpin? Uh, see, I don't know about in the movie, but in the in the radio show, yeah, he is just kind of his. He's family wealthy, but in the in the pulps, uh, Lamont Cranston's just one of the identities that the Shadow takes on. His his real identity in the pulps is he's a air ace called. Uh, his real name's Kent Allard, who uh, intentionally crashed his plane to become a soldier of fortune, and then <laughs> built his just somewhere. Well, he faked he faked just... his death and he faked his death in South America. Because he wants to start life anew as a soldier of fortune, because he wants to just continue, you know, fighting and killing people, I guess, and uh, then eventually builds the network of agent across the world, and then winds up in New York uh, City to become the Shadow. I uh, I just figured when you said that he intentionally crashed his plane to become a soldier of fortune, mine was much less uh, <laughs> sensical. I just figured he was like, fuck it. <laughs> It's like we're a rite of passage in order to join like a mercenary company. You gotta just, like... like he was just in a field. He wasn't anywhere special. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking de- fuck this plane. Like mm-hmm. he crashed it, he was crop dusting, and then he's like, I'm uh, gonna become a mercenary. Yeah, I didn't word that particularly well. Yeah. <laughs> but... Grow a beard and shave it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but in the in the radio he is just Lamont Cranston. And he is yeah. just wealthy from his family's just wealthy in that in that way that a lot of people remained wealthy in fucking post nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, the famously a lot of wealthy rubber people then. rubber tree farms, lots of rubber uh-huh. tree farms. And uh, yeah, you, the soup actually, yeah, a lot of mm. soup being sold. Um, but yeah, he he does like basically the Jedi mind trick and stops there being a task force. Yeah, being created, uh, and then a woman appears. As Margot Lane walks in, and she catches uh, Lamont Cranston's eye. He's like, "I don't, uh, like, I don't trust her." She hears voices. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh, 
It's and like, I was like, I hear voices too. That's how that works. You're talking now. That's <laughs> called having ears, Uncle. It's called. Right? How'd you become having... police commissioner? Yeah, Jesus, this guy, um, and uh, he's just immediately smitten and orders uh, what she was going to order for the like the waiter. He's like, give her a whole bottle of wine. I need her sloshed. And, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. First, first impression's always a good one. Get her the mm-hmm. finest bottle of wine that she wanted, and mix it with the second finest bottle of wine. <laughs> I fancy as fuck. And then he <laughs> comes Cranston. in. He comes in and just like, hey, how you doing? Are you in the mood for Peking duck? Let's blow this joint. We're gonna go to a Chinese restaurant. They don't like, serve Peking just... duck at the Cobalt Club. What? Yeah, I know we just ordered the wine and had him crack it open. Fuck it. I got money to burn. <laughs> Put it in the back of the taxi. Let's motor. And she's Whee! like, wow, I like your fucking ballsy devil may care attitude, Mr. Cranston. Let's I go didn't get tell that... you my name. Let's, Let's go, get go. That Peking duck. And then we uh, cut straight to the restaurant where he's speaking Mandarin and hands the thing off to the waiter and then. Margo's like, I didn't know you spoke Mandarin. And Levant's like, I can't. I just made all that up. (laughs) You know, I just go here all the time and make up gibberish, and then they give me food. I think it's really insulting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they spit in it, so watch out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I ordered. It could be anything. I, it's a fun little game that I play. <laughs> She's like, you're a weird man. You're By really the way, I'm glad you dude. like my dress. I yeah. got it from the place. Like, yeah. I well, wasn't asking. Yeah, because Lamont, they're having small talk, and then Lamont like, you know, looks at her dress, and then she's like, oh, yeah, thank you. My, thank, glad you like the dress. Yada, yada, yada. I got it from here, here or wherever. And Lamont was like, I didn't say that but i was thinking it and she's like that's so weird and it's just like yeah it, it is interesting because it's like yes she can read minds mm-hmm. um yeah she that's is just telepathic. A thing. yeah she's i guess i guess in this world there are people who are capable of telepathy and if they sharpen their powers they can do a bunch more cool wicked stuff yeah that's and, the uh, precept that i got and so Lamont has to sit there, and the, uh, as soon as he figures out that she is telepathic, he just has to sit there, eat Peking Duck, smile, and think, I'm not the shadow, I'm not the shadow, I'm not the shadow. Please, <laughs> please don't read my mind, please don't read my mind. <laughs> That's why uh, oftentimes, if I'm in a crowded place, I, in my head, I just shout out, to stop reading my mind, mm-hmm. and I see if anybody, like... Yeah. Weird fears. It's, weird fears. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, you never know when you're going to be in a hidden telepath situation. You right? got to catch them. You never know if you're going to be, like, right in that spot where Scanners is going to happen. Uh-huh. You're just like, stop reading my mind! <laughs> and then the, I Leave got him! Alone. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a drops off. I'm like, oh, I had a great evening. And then he gets in the text. It's like, he's, because he's like, it's different than the usual broads. She seems nice. Just throw some shade at Lamont here. And he's like, uh, yep. And I'll... I'll never see her again because she can yeah, read she my can mind. Read minds. She could find out that I'm the shadow. So there you go. Can't have that. Can't 
It'll never work, Mo. They're like, yeah, okay. And then he goes and does what he often does and passes out in front passes out with in front of uh the fire with a big thing of whiskey. Oh well, yeah, as every good person does back in the thirties. You just you drink know? yourself into a stupor. When did this Knock bridge, back the nightmares? When did this bridge crime take place? Six thirty? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I thought it was the middle of the night. Why is the Cobalt Club fucking bumping? Well, because it's the Cobalt Club and it's a Friday night, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he just, our hero passes out into his stupor and then he sees the in the fire a face comes out and it's mm-hmm. just like. Well, then the fucking, his bourbon fucking ignites and then the glass explodes and Lamont wakens in a, in a cold sweat and he's like, oh, holy shit. Somebody's coming. Bourbon. Yeah. That and, too. Yeah, I'm like, uh, how do you know? What? And then the movie's well, like, oh, the vision. no time to explain. That's the it, vision. It's a telepathic, uh, you know, evil intent is showing up. Right. So anyway, a Tibetan mummy arrives at the Museum of Natural History. Well, he's it, not a Tibetan mummy. The, well, that's what they think. That's what they think. They it's a silver sarcophagus of Temujin shows up at the Museum of Natural History. Fucking Neelix the guard is there, along with the guy who was Alf's stepdad, and then another guy who's the museum curator. Yeah, they're like, I don't know what it is. It looks like one of them Egyptian mummies from Tibet. They're like, yeah. that's not how any that's of that... That's not how that works, you fucking idiot. <laughs> then he's like, well, it's just covered in all this fucking writing and stuff. He's like, well, there's, is there a return address? And it's like, no, it just says, fuck y'all. Leave oh, it y'all. And, yeah. <laughs> hey, we just signed for it, because that's just what we do. Yeah, we're a museum, and it looked old, you know. And it's like, oh, it's pure silver. And in Latin, it says, oh, no, it's Temujin. Mm-hmm. And then the, the elf stepdad's like, oh, well... Like, oh, why is that a big deal? And uh, the museum curators, like, Temujin was the man who nearly conquered conquered the globe. Well, I had no idea of him. I know. And then the museum curator says, Temujin was the birth name of Genghis Khan. So if that was real, yes, that would be probably one of the biggest uh, archaeological finds of uh, all time, considering we don't know where he is. So... You know, nifty. And then uh, they're like, we got to make some phone calls. Uh, Neelix, you fucking uh, sit down here and watch it. And if any weird shit starts to happen, well, you just leave it leave it to happen because this is still worth a lot of money. Yeah, and so he, <clears throat> he just gets back to work reading comic books mm-hmm. as, the, uh, as it opens and uh, Bob Genghis Khan appears. <laughs> she won Khan. Yeah, as uh, last descendant of Genghis Khan, the improbable last descendant of Genghis Khan. I love that though because it's pulp. Mm-hmm. It's so very pulpy, but not not true at all. No, well, I was also like, why didn't you use a plane, you weirdo? He's just like, I'm gonna sneak inside my ancestors' sarcophagus. Well, he says that he's like he mentions in the movie that he was sleeping in Genghis Khan's coffin because he was siphoning like his ancestor's power. Right. Okay. Well, again, it's just like as a terrible relic again. It it all fits in that same pulpy kind of, you know, how how pulpy stories work. 
Yeah, and he opens the door and is like, you there, guard, join me or die. And the guy's like, I don't understand. He's like, it's a pretty simple concept. Uh, join me or, or die. die. And the guy's like, I don't really understand. And he's like, okay, you know, just shoot yourself in the head. And he's like, okay. And uh, yes, my con. And then Neelix uh, shoots himself in the head, causing the museum curator and Alf's stepfather to rush to the scene. And then they're like, oh my god, what the fuck happened? Con! <laughs> so uh, one of them should have done that. That would have been great. And then, you know, it's like, I thought he had it all put together. And then the thing opened. And, like, they, I, it's interesting because, like, the police show up and they're like, we're treating it as a murder. And I'm like, I don't really know why. Just looks like the guy had a dramatic suicide. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. You want him to just go look it up, down, right, and center, and go, yep, obvious suicide, and yep. fucking wrap it back up. The museum, well, the sarcophagus opened, and uh, he feared that he was going to lose his job. Offed himself right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it was going to lose his up, livelihood and, and he was going to go back to the streets and he couldn't handle it. <laughs> go back to the streets. Yep, cuz it's the depression. And yeah. uh yeah, well, he needed this job, you see, and uh you know, his family was depending so he killed himself for the life insurance. It's sad and you'd hate to see it. Yeah. Yeah, obvious suicide. Open and shut case case johnson uh, now close that casket put the mummy back in it <laughs> uh so yeah but now we're in the war department where mm-hmm. the doctor um dr lane is working Reinhardt on a... Le- reinhardt lane a lot of a lot of real real names in this one you know i love i love the names in this one reinhardt lane is played by ian mckellen uh, your atypical, well, not your atypical, your typical mad scientist type. He's got a partner, uh, and Har- Farley Claymore, played by Tim Curley. Tim Curley. Curley. No <laughs> With Tim uh, Mo and Tim uh, <laughs> and Tim <it's> Larry. A... <laughs> uh, Jesus uh, most people don't talk about Tim Shemp. But uh, he was there sometimes, too. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Not as popular. And fuck Tim Curley, Joe. (laughs) It's worst. Anyway, Tim Curry as Farley Claymore, who uh, plays the most excellent shit heel. That's Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. He is awesome. And, uh, yeah, they're working on a implosion device an implosive explosive submolecular device yeah you know for kids or an atomic bomb in manhattan mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah they're uh he's just like absent-minded and then uh mm-hmm. marco shows up and uh claymore tries hitting on her like why don't you come here and i can show you my two beryllium spheres yeah and she they're, shoots him down excellently she's like i'm absolutely not interested in your spheres but they're smooth as eggs yeah beryllium smooth margo what a fascinating woman 
Yeah, like yeah, I love that she seems completely repulsed and disinterested. I must have her. Um, <laughs> and so she uh, talks to her dad, and was like, yeah, "Like, where'd you get that shirt?" And he's like, "Oh, I always thought it looked good in green. And like, it's red. The cup mm-hmm. is green." And it's like, "Yeah, I'm colorblind." Yeah, just leave me alone. So long as it's clean, let me work on this <sighs> nuclear device. I didn't know if he was colorblind or if he just intentionally didn't care about colors. No, he's colorblind. Okay, I like mine better though that he just didn't give a shit. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. That makes that makes what happens later so much worse if he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's just like, it's, uh, he, I just it's the nihilist in me. Let's just like yeah, you know, fuck it all. By the, yeah. Uh, well, and also. Because she corrects him, like, that is red, this is green, as if he should know the difference. But if he's colorblind, like, you don't know. Um, so that's, yeah. Um, but she's like, I met this wonderful man, and I fear that I'll never see him again. And now I'm terribly depressed. And he's like, that's great. Because mm-hmm. he's, uh, it's really funny. Uh, yeah, because he's absent-minded. And, um. Uh... What happens after that? Oh, yeah, Khan takes a taxi. Yes. <laughs> he's like, takes a, a taxi, and like, the guy's like, yeah, of course I'm going to write where I'm going. And he's like, mm, How dare you? How you dare fool. you write down where you go? Where, you go? where yes. I go is my business. It's not your business or this company of taxis that you work for, you fucking peasant. You need fuel. And he's like, You're right. I do need fuel. And he drives into a gas truck. Because it's like this is the empty lot where mm-hmm. uh, he his um, like base of operations is an old semi abandoned but psychically invisible mm-hmm. hotel. Yes, yes. At some point, he was here and he's psychically invisible at the hotel. Never understood that really, but. Well, as if, you know, because New York City is just so small, there's just not a lot of space that you could hide. I mean, if you're psychically invisible something, nobody's going to pay attention. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so the, the gas fire happens, and then we go back to the uh, cop who's investigating, or, well, a lot of them are investigating the uh, obvious suicide of the museum guard. <laughs> This murder, this murder that happened. Commissioner Wainwright's there. He gets the lowdown. And then one of the, we don't get his name, but uh, he's wearing a ring. So he's an agent of the shadow. He basically takes a, takes a good look around. He takes one more look around. He's like, yep. All right. This looks suspicious. I'm going to put this in my sus report and send this to the boss. So he writes everything down. Yeah. And then puts it through a mail slot, which shoots it through a pneumatic tube that travels. Awesome. The way through New York City. I love it. I love it so much. It's not the kind of thing you can put into a truck, the Sato's messaging system. It is a series of tubes. Tubes. Uh, this movie also just has some great panning shots of uh, New York City. I love them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the message gets to uh, the, the routing station, which goes to Lamont via Ring. Yeah. So he's been like, I got beeped. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, he gets uh, his ring starts to glow. 
but yeah, that routing station, like I said, uh, that character who gets all the messages, Burbank, he's ba he's basically like from the pulps. He's uh, like he all is, the agents send all useful information to him, and he's the guy that tells the shadow via radio. They just added a cool. I like the like cool kind of extra technological dimension they added to it. You know. Yeah, they he calls him via nineteen forty zoom. Yeah, old like old timey experimental television. It's really neat. Yeah, and uh, so and in in his lair or one of his lairs, there's multiple the layers. Yeah, he yeah. he goes in and uh, yeah, Khan uh, is there. Khan um, is there. Yeah, after he after he receives receives a message of uh, well, basically like hey. There was a really sus murder at the fucking uh, museum. Obvious last suicide night. at the, at the museum. Fucking one guy thinks it's an obvious suicide. Over. Uh, you should look into this. Uh, could be uh, relevant to the plot. Over. Oh okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then Khan is there, and he's like, "Oh, hi, you, you're Jinko, Gene uh, Purveyor." <laughs> Edenco, you know, butcher of Lasse in the, uh, and, and this is again, like I said, the great thing about Alec Baldwin, he, he has like, uh, as an actor, he has great, almost like natural chemistry with whoever he's working with. Cause this is another thing, like I said before, I like his banter that he has with a lot of characters like, uh, Shiwan Khan and Margot, like mm -hmm. how they talk to each other as enemies, I think is so much fun where it's just very casual at yeah. the same time, they're like you know enemies. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, can I uh, have some bourbon? I have a acquired a quite a taste for it. And like, they're, he yeah, just yeah, knocks totally. back a big thing of bourbon and like, yeah. So why don't you join me? I'm looking to take over the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. I yeah. could use a man who can rock a nice pair of black jeweled sweatpants. <laughs> Come on, revenge on your fucking teacher who stabbed you in the leg. You know, get revenge. Stab him in the leg. Assert yourself. Well, uh, you can't because I killed him. But yeah, but you don't know <laughs> that yet. Uh, I mean, he heavily implied. Like, I was just like, oh yeah, so he killed him. He's like, um, yeah, you know, he tried detailing me everything, but he couldn't really redeem me like he did you. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so you killed him. He killed him, yeah. Yeah, but, I was uh, like, yeah so... Huh? Uh, well, I was like, I, I figured Lamont would be smart enough to, like, you know... Well, for the up. plot, we have that, that big reveal later, so you know, leave it leave it for the leave it for dinner. Uh, yeah. But, and uh... He's like, oh, well... He's like, I don't know if I, I could really, you know, join you. I'm, I'm really busy here with, uh... Doing my thing, fighting crime, you know? I like being not an asshole anymore. Well, you know, I got a whole life here with, uh, you know, I got passing out in front of a fire in a drug fueled stupor to do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I got a network of agents, and uh, I got a guy that drives a taxi, and another guy who uh, tells me about metals. Yeah, so... I got a whole life here sh uh, standing up my poor police commissioning uncle in a, a <laughs> jazzy nightclub. Yeah, leaving him to the fucking to continually fucking wipe his memory. And eat prime rib. Man just eats so much prime rib, his arteries are 95% of it. Damn dear. Uh, they just call me the fat shadow. And, like, uh, you know, they, I, love the, the, I love that club. Every time I show up, they hand me two whole martinis, and I downed them both very quickly. 
And then I love that place even more. Yeah, this place is great. They know me so well. Uh, they treat me great. Um, and he's like, but, uh, uh, oh, well, here's a coin. I'm paying for the bourbon. Because they have this all repartee about paying for the bourbon. It's all very yeah. polite. And like asking about the tie. Like, where'd you get your tie? And I was like, oh, that's over here. Brooks Brothers, you yeah. are a barbarian. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's all a bunch of witty repartee between mortal enemies. I like it, though. I really like it. We don't see that all the time. It's always, it's like a nice breather from a lot of the usual. Uh, you know, shit that tends to happen. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what this next note says. Or what What's this next note say? mean. It says, wings outstretched. Oh, yeah. That's next shout right after the Sanctum. We're in the hotel monolith. That's when uh, Shiwan Khan, we get that above shot. Oh, yeah. him in his cape. And it's a really cool shot because he matches the floor. And he's like, the day of the Mongol warrior will do whatever the fuck oh, yeah. and something else i liked this scene but it felt really out of place right after he like says he's gonna you know passes over the coin and then we mm. immediately go to him somewhere yeah <laughs> i'm like this is a like because like i thought that that shot could happen anywhere and this it's placement in well the it movie. can't happen anywhere it can't happen after the credits no but like it could have happened like there's a large spot where you could have put this and uh just ooh, ooh, you put it at the beginning, then you do the fucking uh, <laughs> the well, you do it fucking prologue thing, and then you, seven years later, you do it after <laughs> he fucking arrives after the taxi cab, and then he's like, oh, This is all right, and then he can meet with the shadow. There you go, like that would work anyway. Uh, Lamont goes and meets up with Roy, and he's mm -hmm. like, Go, oh, you're one of the shadow agents, like, shut the Fuck up, Roy. Shush. Shush. That's secret. Secret. Yeah, that's what like... is Shadow? What? It's a cat. When is Shadow? Why is Shadow? <laughs> How is Shadow? Nobody ever asks that. No. He's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody thinks about Shadow's feelings. Yeah. That poor hedgehog. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, he meets with... All right, and uh, they analyze the coin, and uh, it's bronzium. Okay, I did. I I heard bosnium, and I was like, <laughs> it's the most unstable metal in all of Europe. <laughs> it's like <laughs> bosnium, huh? I was like, that doesn't make it. That's a weird connection. That'd be, I must be hearing this wrong. But whatever, we'll roll with it. It's like, yeah, I can tell because it blew up my beaker once I put chemicals in it. <laughs> oh, so many fucking inappropriate jokes. Yes, it blew up the beaker. It's br it's bronzium. Bronzium, it's a mythical uh, mythical metal. Yeah, it's inth metal. Um, yeah, it can yeah. do... Hawkman uses it. It can do all kinds of stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know. if you If you put it in something... Uh, yeah, it, could, it could blow up the whole stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's science. Let me so let me draw on this chalkboard here. It's a circle. And if you had another circle here, you put the stuff in it. Fuck. <laughs> you put in the stuff. It's like it could it's make so an nice. implosive, explosive device. 
This is the reason why he never became a scientist. Ah, big brush strokes, fucking putting <laughs> in some stuff. I don't know. Ah, but, you know, put some uranium in a hand sandwich. That'll you know, put in some stuff. Yeah, you put it in a circle here. You have another circle. You put it in a big concentric circle, and then boom, and in the redness, yeah. that's pain. And then if you take <laughs> the pill, it uh, blue, which is not pain. Uh, science. So you say you could build an atomic bomb. I have no idea what that is, but yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> huh. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what uh, you people use for euphemisms or whatever, but uh, sure, atomic bomb. Let's go with that. Air quotes that. I I really liked explosive implosive uh, device. Submolecular but... device, but uh, sure we can use your fucking bullshit uh, atomic bomb. Atomic bomb, sure, yeah, whatever. Lamont. Yeah. <laughs> Never take <laughs> the off. Fuck names their kid Lamont. <laughs> we don't really meet a lot of Lamonts anymore. <laughs> no, you don't see a lot. Of, don't see a lot of Lamonts. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, as luck would have it, uh, Professor Lane's just making one of those very things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beryllium sphere. For energy. You know, just for doing kids. Energy re- doing energy research. That old hat. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the Khan, he wants it. And, uh, oh yeah, because he, he, uh, Khan uses, like, a quilt on the wall, and then the quilt separates, and he's just like, Reinhard Lane. Reinhard Lane, yeah. So, we, yeah, he does one of his uh, classic pulp tricks, which is he can mind control people. So he uses, he lulls Reinhard outside, and then uses the the llama cigarette ad uh with sign. a professional O-faced man blowing smoke yeah. rings. It's very disconcerting. It's very disconcerting and very period appropriate. Those were very real, and it's it's. Uh, I wrote it down. It's like, uh, what is it? I'd climb a mountain for a llama, which is a take on camel, which was I'd walk a mile for a camel. Yeah, and then I'd be out of breath because I smoke a lot of camels. A lot of camels. He's just so fucking cool. It's a camel so cool. sunglasses. He wears sunglasses and a leather jacket. He's like the Fonzie of animals. Yeah, he's the coolest motherfucker. Ah, man, I could smoke a whole pack just because of him. Whole pack. Whole pack. And, uh, yeah. This, so he looks at it, and now he is mind-controlled from the... Mm. And, uh, the smoke rang. That was rangs. Because he sees the, <laughs> the con's face in the, uh, the thing. And so, yeah, he looks perpetually surprised because there's the big old face. <laughs> oh, from... and he's smoking a lot of llamas. Like, yeah, it's just like a fucking llama chimney. <laughs> llama getting out there. Oh, man, he's just like packs of llamas. Llamas on llamas on llamas. Um, yeah. So we go now to the Cobalt Club, where dinner's already in progress. I swear, this is the only thing Lamont Cranston does. Well, <laughs> when you're a wealthy socialite in 1930, uh, question mark, 1930X, uh, Mega Man style? Yeah, uh, that's what you do. Like yeah. all your successors. Well, you can't really, I, I guess that's all you do, is you just go out dancing. Um, 
because there's no like or listen to the radio serials or well i mean or just I don't take know, in a film get, get technical i mean you could say he's like an investor or something so he just affords you know has yeah. money that all that too yeah no i just meant like in your free time like what do you do in 1930 i don't know fucking whatever the roosevelt's did polio well you know later just the one just the one really yeah i mean he's president yeah yeah Uh, he traded it he he traded up so yeah but margo storms into the commissioner like what are you doing about investigating my father like well he's he's in the war department yeah but he's not seeing anybody we found him like he that's this isn't really a police matter like do something fix it (laughs) <laughs> it's like what do you want me to do and she's like commissioner he spoke to me in chinese he doesn't even speak chinese no one does they just make up a bunch of gibberish <laughs> and then people spit your food that's what i learned the other night when i had peking duck and had a turd in it yeah well, he's a rat yeah, yeah and lamont thinks to himself wait a minute if Professor Reinhardt Lane's speaking Chinese, that must mean one thing. He's under the influence of one Shiwan Khan. He was trying to order Peking Duck. <laughs> they got him. Uh, but yeah, so he he rushes off and off. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little slower. Maybe a minute and a half. <laughs> and... <laughs> Margo catches him, and he's just like, uh, tries to use the mind trick power, like, you will think of me no further. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love the fact that she no-sells it. She's like, what are you doing, you fucking jerk-off? Will you help me find my father? Why do you get this weird eye line when you're talking to me like that? Like, your eye line. What happened to the regular lighting? What is, why were you doing that? (laughs) Yeah, because, uh, it is like pupils, like, he's there, like, contacts. Because yeah. the eyes get, like, crazy big. Yeah. I like the effect, though. It's, like, a subtle but unnatural. It, like, yeah. adds an unnatural effect to it. It's like anime eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. But at other times, it does look, like, almost like there's, like, white in it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. And the powers just won't work on her because she's telepathic. So no monkeying with her mind mm-hmm. won't work. Not once, not ever. <laughs> no, not at all. Margot Lane will never be fucking uh, mind-controlled. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we go down to two guards at the War Department talking about what they want to eat like an old married couple. Like, mm-hmm. How about a burger? Like, oh, you always want burgers. Do you like fish? Like, and Nobody one guy, likes fish. And the one guy's the guy from Parker Lewis Can't Lose, but not actually Parker Lewis. Oh, so he's another guy that lost? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe winning isn't a zero-sum <laughs> game for Parker Lewis. Maybe Parker <laughs> Lewis can win as a team. I don't know well about Parker Lewis. Just who is, he... uh, quick aside, who is Parker Lewis? He can't lose. <laughs> well, I got that from the title of this series, I take it. But uh, who who is Parker Lewis? It's a, It is an early 90s TV show. Uh, about uh, this uh, like teenager named Parker Lewis, uh, who I think at first was kind of like a Ferris Bueller type, but then like as it came on, it's like you know it's really obnoxious to follow a whole TV show about this asshole. So eventually, uh, Parker Lewis continually lost. 
but like oh, you can't dear. just so but he had like this one friend and i want to say he had like he was like a the, it was the guy on the right he's the bigger guy that's yeah. the guy from parker lewis can't lose gotcha gotcha and uh, but not actually Parker Lewis. I don't know who Parker Lewis is, except for the fact that he <laughs> cannot lose. I mean, you basically told me everything that I assumed. Uh, what I oh, never mind. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, he. But then those cards get killed. They'll never have fish again. Not in this town. Not this town. No pizza nor cheeseburgers. Fucking arrows shot in the dark. Well, shot from the elevator took him out. Mm-hmm. Crossbow gets you every time. That's why I'm always ever vigilant. Never know what a crossbow's going to get me. <laughs> That's why I always look both ways and up and down before I cross anywhere. Just before I crossbowman. <laughs> Looks both ways before you crossbow the street. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and this uh, leads to a lab fight. Mm-hmm. Shadow must fight Mongol warriors. Yeah, because they're dressed up in full Mongol getup too. Even when they walk this street, like yep, down, just completely inconspicuous, as regular New New Yorkers would do. They just don't pay attention. Yeah, they're very not that. So yeah, they uh, get into a big fucking uh, big fucking fight, all out brawl, and uh, one of the guys falls over the edge and he's like you know he's like oh you'll die and he's like anything for my con con and then at the bottom uh moe's like i can sense something about to crash suddenly into the sidewalk and then it does because he's reading like telepathy for dummies Mm -hmm. yeah and uh yeah and then the shadow basically teleports into the back of his well, this is where he gets pinned, right to the to the wall. Yeah, he gets pinned in that fight. Yeah, he, he gets pinned while turned invisible, and then he becomes visible again. And I always did like that shot, mm-hmm. uh, like really cool. Uh, but then the fucking the Mongol warriors are like, "Thank God, we got him." There's no way he can stop us now. And then he just the shadow's like, "Oh wait, I have guns," and then he pulls <laughs> he just out shoots. his shoots so, his guns and shoots them yeah so anyway i just start blasting <laughs> and then i and then i fire and then i fire and then i didn't miss anybody yeah and uh yeah uh now margo goes to the lab and that's where she gets mm. kidnapped by by khan and his goons and uh well she doesn't get kidnapped she like sees the she gets uh oh yeah whammied uh, my mind yeah. whammied Pretty much, because she gets like I think a phone call that from her dad that makes her go to the lab. Then she gets like sees the llama sign, and then she sees fucking uh, Khan do the O face on the sign across the street, and like okay, I gotta go see that weirdo. Yeah, and like it's a good thing because his powers only seem to work on billboards, so yeah, well, uh, it worked. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, okay, I got a special job. Here's this gun. It has one shot. Go kill the shadow. Mm-hmm. And, Make sure he dies. And that's, yeah, she goes to Lamont's house and shoots his mirror. Because he's, mm-hmm. Lamont is the kind of guy that sits in front of a mirror when he's doing his bandage work. Just so that when it opens the, open the door, the sight lines make you think he's right there. <laughs> well, I mean, 
to be fair, how often do you expect anybody to walk into your house and just shoot you? All the goddamn time. This is you, my... you weird fears. <laughs> live your life by weird fears, yeah. No mirrors toward any of the doorways, nor t- nor fucking any sort of seeing arrangement. Oh no, mirrors everywhere to stop all the vampires. Ah, true. But yes, yeah, she uh she's in a trance and she shoots the mirror and she only has the one one bullet to take him out, and then uh, he uh, snaps his fingers, and then says Margot Lane, snaps her back out of it, and she is like, oh my god. I was there, and I was told to kill the shadow, and I went here. You're the shadow, and he's like, "Nah, nah, that ain't me." That's not. That's not true. Please leave. I ain't about that life. And she's like, "Yeah, you're totally the shadow. You can't use your mind tricks on me." And he's like, "Wow, damn it." Yeah, like you sure you want to see? You'll you won't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does like the weird eye thing and then dares her to use her mind powers and you know, she puts it all together. Yep. Yeah, so she's and, now part of the team Team Shadow. Yep, she's she's become an agent, except he hasn't told her anything about ice or the sun. Doesn't give her a ring. Didn't want to put a ring on it. <laughs> he couldn't put a ring on it yet. Uh, so uh, Cranston's like, all right, I'm going to run to my sanctum. Uh, get the lowdown from uh, lowdown from stuff, and then he uh, rides. Gets in the taxi, rides to like the street, gets out, and then he notices the most conspicuous assassin of all time tailing him on the sidewalk. <laughs> he's dressed like a fucking warrior, like a monster. Yeah, he's warrior. completely not dressed even like a regular guy. He's just full on decked out like like a goddamn Mongol warrior. And then uh, Lamont's like, "All right, I'm gonna hide," so he hides in the shadow real quickly cause the, cause the guy to get all puzzled and then Lamont's like alright now I'm gonna follow that guy and then immediately turns the corner into Chinatown yeah and it's, uh, it's like Chinese New Year too either that or it's just Wednesday and they're fucking going hard about it everybody's having a party they're like yeah. woohoo welcome it's, to Chinatown this is fireworks and like yeah we're, we're government mandated to be as stereotypical as possible fireworks yeah um, and then they go back to the restaurant from earlier, I think. It might be uh, Sun Sun Yacht Kitchen. Down. And we have another confrontation, though this time, uh, Khan is wearing a, a, a bespoke suit. He's got that tie. And a tie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, real like, yeah, I told you, Jinko, you would join me eventually, but uh, he's not interested in joining. No, no, he doesn't want to. And and they still have the same kind of casual banter where uh, Lamont's like, uh, I know, I know what you're planning. You don't got enough shit for the Brilliant Sphere to complete the bomb. I'm gonna stop you, Shiwan Khan. And he's like, yeah, that's it's cute that you think you can. Yeah, cool story, bro. You know who else told the cool story? The Tolku when I stabbed him with the perva. And yeah, he's like, "Yeah, well, I got a cooler story. The time where I killed you with the perva." And he like, <laughs> the perva won't listen to him. And it's like he never did figure out how to control the perva. Yeah, remember when it stabbed you in the leg? <laughs> it's just yeah, never stabbed yeah. me in the leg. I knew enough not to fuck around with the perva. <laughs> knew uh, when it, uh, the sign said don't touch I didn't touch it 
and yeah, he he gets the perba back, like slides to him because he can he's in control of it. He's the perba mm. master. Yeah, he's the perba man. Mm-hmm. So Lamont has to mind control a guy to give him his gun, mm-hmm. so that he can try to shoot Khan, and then Khan just yeets himself out of a window. Well, they shoot. They each have a gun. Oh yeah, the bullets hit. Yeah, the bullets each like meet, like the aim directly at each other, and the bullets hit each other. And each Khan and uh, Lamont are like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" He's good. Yeah, yeah. ah, a worthy adversary. Yeah, they start a low-speed chase across the city, and then he dis- disappears in an empty lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, fucking Lamont's like, "Damn it, Khan!" Khan! And yeah, they uh, now Lamont goes to bed and dreams he rips his own fucking face off, and it's fucking creepy and out it's of awesome. fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got a little thing. And it's like, well, let me just put my hand up in it. And then he has his hand up in it. And then he's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he rips his face off. And now it's Khan. And I'm like, I don't know what this dream symbolizes. Neither does Lamont. That's part of the horror of being a telepath. Yeah. And uh, wakes up, Marco's still there. And he's like, well, you're going. Um,. I got you a taxi to go anywhere but here. And she's like, no, I'm staying. I'm joining you on this adventure. And he's like, like all right, fine. Uh, well, we're getting a bit mixed up because he talks to her on the couch. Like, she's sleeping on the couch when he gets back from the little adventure at the the diner. That's when they have that, uh, I'm staying. And he's like, fine, you can sleep here. I'll get you a taxi. And then he has the nightmare, wakes up. She describes to him a dream she had about uh being on like the pacific on a beach somewhere and it's very like it's a nice dream sounds great he explains the ripping off his face thing and she's like you got problems yeah i know i'm aware of that yeah they got great chemistry lamont and margo meanwhile i think on top of the empire state building yes uh Khan and the professor is like, yep, you've launched it over here and it kills all all of them. <laughs> yeah, it'll uh, do what bombs do and it'll explode and it'll explode from here all the way over to there. Anywhere the and light Khan... touches will be fucked. <laughs> Khan's like, yes, yes, that sounds perfect. And uh, yeah, a sailor's just like, hey, nice dress. And the guy's like, go jump off this Empire State Building. Oh, <laughs> no. Have this uh, Empire State of Mind be death! Yeah, and Khan uh, uses a mind control to cause the dude to fling himself into a very sudden grave. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, down below, Lamont and Margo are walking down the street, and fucking... Uh, uh, she's it, talking about like how Farley Claymore has the beryllium... Yeah, because he's like, yeah, we'll need to find somebody who knows something about beryllium spheres. He's like, I got just the guy. And he's like, cool. Yeah. You figure out what's up with that empty lot. All right, yeah, go Team Shadow. Houston, yeah. Like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go talk to a guy over here. Yep, and uh, so he goes to Farley Claymore's giant, melt- giant sphere out by the pier. This fucking weird... Sphere Water at the pier. tower without fucking the tower. Yeah. Uh, 
gets in there and he's like, you're being controlled, Farley. He's like, I'm not. I'm going willingly. I'm going to flood this chamber, you see? And then he, like, shoots all around and ends up hitting the shadow. Yeah. And Well, uh, like, he shoots all around and then he sees Farley the... turns on the water. Yeah. Well, and then he sees the shadow move in the water. Yeah. And, and then shoots some more and that's when he hits him. Yeah. And then he, like, locks the the fucking sphere and you know, thinks he's going to get him. But uh, thankfully, Margo is able to be telepathically summoned. Yeah, he has the shadow sends his psychic distress call to Margo. Like, I'm drowning in an above ground fucking water tower. Like, oh, okay. And yeah, it's just... What is the purpose of this structure? I will never know. I, like I said, I think it's for just flooding it in case the thing he's working on goes out of control. Spider-Man 2 style. I don't know if that makes any sense, though. That doesn't, it's not mentioned at all in regards to anything like that. Hmm. You know, know. what if you just want to kill? What if you just the neighborhood flooding, you know, ball. Everyone take, lung- every, take everybody's take everybody's water and all the rich people as a lark. We're gonna take everybody's water and put it in here. Like what what fucking function does that serve? That thing fills up with water and has a door on it. That's on the side. It's not like it's on the top. Yeah. For kids. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway. And it doesn't matter. They get out. Margo saves the shadow. Yep, and uh, then has to nurse him back to health and sees inside his mind. Mm-hmm. She gets to see all the his lanky-haired crack days. And he's like, you shouldn't be here. And then she's surrounded by a ring of fire. Yep, and then sees, I presume, the Battle of Mango Lassie where he just fucking <laughs> kills everybody. Yeah. And yeah, he kills Lassie. Timmy's trapped in a well. <laughs> And eats a mango. Mmm. Delicious. And he's got the mango juice all the over most, his face. The, the most evil of all fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I, whatever you did was in the past, and I accept you. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the struggle of, uh, you know, your nat- inner nature, your inner demons. But Marco accepts him. Doesn't matter how many people you put to the sword for opium you know but it was really good opium good opium you can't you can't fault that somebody's got to do it you know yeah so yeah um the bomb is assembled and uh now the city is being held hostage via newspaper Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i love this because yeah it does like the spinning headline newspaper thing And uh, then Margo's reading it in Lamont's mansion, and he's like, he wants valuable art, relics, jewels, and even, even gold. Gold. Yeah, I wrote that down. Uh, like, of art, famous jewels, even gold. Even gold, huh? Wow. wow. That scoundrel. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, his his plan is to hold the city hostage with a nebulous threat of a bomb that they're not aware of. I think he makes them aware of the bomb. I think they mentioned the like the newspaper boy mentions the bomb thing. Yeah, but like the 
we know what an atomic bomb is, but they wouldn't know what that means. Well, I mean, you know, take take the threat seriously, I suppose. Like they know what bombs are. That's fair. Yeah. So he's holding the city hostage, um, and the and then um, good old what's her name, Margot, um, just goes like, yeah, well, it's an empty lot. It used to be the Hotel Monolith. Yeah, but uh, nobody, yeah, everyone remembers that it was torn down, but nobody can remember when though. And he's like, aha. He hypnotized the whole city. Look, look at it behind the fog, Margot. You see it? Yeah, and she can't, but he can, which is he good can. enough. Yeah. And they're like, take this message and get assemble the troops. And we by ride. Troops, I mean, we're we ride. We ride. <laughs> we ride. Get the taxi and ride to glory. <laughs> Just, um. Yeah, because now we begin our, our, our final battle. As the bomb is activated, is yeah, like two, two hours. hours. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, well, yeah. And let, let the professor die in his own bomb, because I got Farley Claymore, my new best friend. Yep. He's going to, this guy's going to stick it out to the very end, and he's going to fucking, he knows how to make another atomic bomb. Ain't that right, Farley Claymore? And he's like, oh, yeah. yep, yep. 100%. And he's like, cool. He's like, how the hell are we getting out of here? Oh, we got a plane. Mm-hmm. Just out there somewhere, you know. Yeah, so we'll be fine. We got this. Khan's thought everything. As the shadow, uh, well, all the messages go out to all the different people. The troops are being assembled. I, I mean, not <laughs> really. and fucking uh, Mo. Mo. Troops have been assembled. They got their instructions. And their instructions are really stand outside the empty lot. Wait till it uh, appears, then go in. Great. Don't know why you needed a whole fucking messaging system. You send them out. Send out the boys. Mm-hmm. With the invisible ink. Make sure we get that down. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. He encounters... The Shadow encounters Claymore in an empty ballroom, it looks like. Yeah. Where he just starts firing a fucking Tommy gun all over the goddamn place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just shoots the shit out of it. And it's like, oh, fight me like a man. And he's like, nah. You're... Yeah, Farley loses his goddamn mind. <clears throat> he's like, you're too pathetic to fight. Here, why don't you go jump out of this window? Yeah, take that. Well, also, I like the effect that the shadow, he, like, darkens the room around Farley before he appears. I thought that was cool, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, using mind control to get people to kill themselves in this movie. Yeah. Just a note. Yeah, he's like, he makes him see, like, an exit, and he just decides to, like, you know how you go out of an exit and you dive, like, do a diving forward roll out of an exit? Well, when, you're, when your mind is just snapped in half like Farley Claymore's have, I guess you're just on the panic button. Mm-hmm. And, uh goes to the main like throne room area where Khan is but Khan mm-hmm. has got him He's with a roly poly room oh yeah the floor is gonna move around fuck you shadow you might you might turn invisible but even invisibility requires legs you fool <laughs> it's like uh, to which I said man that's a oddly specific uh, encounter that you were planning for gotta be prepared for anything Devin. just make a roly poly room 
That's why I always have a roly-poly room prepared in mm-hmm. all of my domiciles. Yeah, with the ball there, like, ticking down like it's fucking New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then he's the sixth, the perba. So now, yeah, try moving with your limp leg as the perba attacks. <laughs> Stabs him in the other leg. Oh, damn. And, uh, yeah, the... He somehow just re- regains control. Like at, at some point, he just figures out, like, "Yep, this is how I use well, the perba." I, I think that he just kind of taps into that inner, uh, you know, whatever innerness that he needed to, like, uh, finally found a way to just like, like he always had the possibility of controlling the perba. He, he never, never needed had, like, the, the feather. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But until he wasn't cornered into like the fucking, you know, like getting stabbed in the leg, that wasn't enough. But, like almost getting your fucking sl- throat slit and a bomb going off in New York City. Yeah, that'll that'll put you in the right mindset to be calm enough to control the perba. And he regains the perba and stabs Khan in the gut, yep. which weakens his psychic control such that now everyone could see the monolith. Mm-hmm. And then they rush it and circle it, and they they don't know what to do with it, but they will yeah. ascend to a higher plane of consciousness. I think it's really hard yeah. to tell. Yeah, it's a really trippy move, part of the movie. Fucking, I think Lamont Cranston turns into a baby at one point. Mm-hmm. And then he runs into the sarcophagus, which is a hidden door down to the basement through a chute. Mm-hmm. As the uh, down to like the storage area of the hotel monolith. Yeah, and then the shadow follows, and meanwhile, Margot and the professor who is snapped out of it go to the bomb and try to disarm it, but it's too roly-poly, and it goes yeah. Indiana Jones all throughout the hallway. All through everything, and they also cut it so instead of two hours or whatever, they now have, like, two minutes. So yeah. it start, it's rolling all throughout Indiana Jones-style like a giant boulder until <laughs> finally it crashes into an elevator, like one of those elevator gates. I don't, I don't know if that's the word for it, but yeah. Uh, well, it's the hotel monolith is built on a perpetual slant, you see. So like a marble mm-hmm. will just keep rolling forever, just forever. Well, that's the beryllium sphere, you see. It's always moving, a lot of mm-hmm. energy in there. But yeah, this is where he cuts the wire, and he's like, "Ah, fuck it. It's always the green wire anyway." And he's about to cut the red wire, and that's why I'm like, he just doesn't care. Colors, he has reached a level of intelligence where colors never concern him anymore. Well, I think that also puts it in a bad light where, you know, because she's holding the right, the red one, and he's like, oh, it's always the fucking red one, and he cuts the green one. That's what happens. Yeah. So, um, so the day is almost saved as we get into this weird trippy fight in the bottom in the mirror room of the storage area yeah, you know where you keep as your... every hotel needs is a hall of mirrors this <laughs> is like it's a fucking fun house but like i don't understand what the fuck happens cuz like all of the there's like oh he shoots but it's the mirror so you can't tell and then like all of the mirrors just psychically like explode well i think lamont's like using is using all of his brain power, right? And he's just like causing like it's like so much like he's now descended to having telekinetic power, so he's causing things to like explode, and he's just focusing so much now that he cre- causes a shard of glass or shard of mirror that he aims right for fucking Shiwan Khan's brain to 
for lobotomize yeah, to lobotomize them later. But like none of this is like it just sort it's of not happens. Set up very well. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I was like, I don't know what's happening. Because he's because like Lamont Cranston, as the mirrors are about to explode, he's shaking a lot, like he has to take a wicked shit. Yeah, because he he lost control of his like normal like shovel face bruise, which he didn't really need because everyone here knows who he is. So yeah, so it was completely unnecessary. It's not he's not he's not near the GP, so. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so Chiwan Khan is is lobotomized or institutionalized too. Yeah, thrown into a thrown into an asylum where agents of the shadow we see work, and they have cut that part of the brain out, which causes telepathy and telekinesis. Yeah, well, because you can't kill him because the shadow doesn't. <laughs> That's no. I mean, they totally yeah, can't kill I, Yeah, him. I know. It's... I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I assume that with hopes for. If sequels had happened, they could have brought Shiwan Khan back. Yeah, and yeah, the day is saved, and the uh, Lamont and Margot kiss. And he's like, "Oh, well, I'll be around. I'll meet up with you later." And she's like, "How will you know where I am?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll know. I'll know." And then uh, it turns into like does like a cartoon logo of the shadow, and then cut to black, and with its own theme song. Yep. Or, like, its own song uh, at the end. Yeah, I like this movie, but it has a lot of, like, just it has a lot. It, it has a lot of problems, like uh, like like I said, some story stuff could have been refined better. But I don't, I don't know, I just, I have so much fun with it, and yeah, it is a total nostalgia bias, but I don't know, I think it does more things right than wrong, and I think it's, it's fun and unique in its own way. Uh, and oft gets overlooked, and you know for obvious reasons. But you know, still a still a good time when you you sit down and actually get a chance to watch it. Yeah, it was a bit of a flop, and it's kind of a yeah. I, I... It cost forty million dollars, and it made forty eight million dollars. So that's not really a good return investment. No, I mean, it, yeah, it, well, it's marketing and all that too. It's like yeah, barely broke even, um, if at all. But I yeah I don't hate it I just I, I I do enjoy it it's just an interesting uh, time capsule but yeah I can see why people wouldn't yeah talk about it all that much except for weird nerds well, like us and why it would get overshadowed by stuff like yeah. Batman especially at the uh, right in that era you know you got so many of the other major tentpole superhero things and then you got the quirky you know people know the shadow but he's not nearly as prevalent as uh, you know, he used to be by any stretch of the imagination, you know. So I, I wish he was a character. I do, you know, because Sam Raimi has tried for a long time to get uh, a Shadow revival off the ground. I do, at some point, would like to see somebody uh, take another crack at it. Because he is a cool character. He's a lot of fun. I think yeah. There's a lot of, like, you can do with it a lot of places you can go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, especially making a fun period piece. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you could do quite a bit. I think this movie could have, you know, like I said, it's just a little too weird for like mass audience appeal. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun one, and it's I'd say worth the watch. It's a, I mean, I think hour forty. Maybe. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. So not too, not, not too long, not bad. too bad. No. Yeah. So, 
yeah well that was uh that was your birthday so yeah we'll be doing other stuff at some point sometime yeah i don't we'll know ta- whatever happens when this comes out was you know things are it, always in flux it's so, in now well you know who knows what episodes we'll release <laughs> the real to rank guys no <laughs> but until then thanks for listening everybody see ya peace